Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, December 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that wishes we just knew stuff for us. Like, I know. this unknown is killing me. <laughs> I know. When my mom, you know, was hoping I'd be a doctor, she never mentioned epidemiologist, but she should have. <laughs> Thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers to keep up to date on all of our episodes, the Flyers news, and all of the other good stuff that comes along with that. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam, and I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today, we are going to try and unpack the latest on the COVID situation in the NHL and with the Flyers. We're going to touch base on World Juniors so far and do a quick check-in with the Phantoms. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. All right, Russ. So we talked on yesterday's show about potential mitigation that the NHL could put in place, including, you know, cap exemptions and taxi squads. Well, lo and behold, they did it. They rushed it. Yeah, they did it quicker than I thought they could. Because I wasn't sure if they could get it done in time for some of these things, but they did. And this was good cooperation between the two sides. The <laughs> the unfortunate part um, is I don't think the players ever fully understand when they're when they say they're equal partners with the owners in some cases, then that means you have to have equal expenses. And it, it seems like they were shocked that, you know, all of a sudden that's going to cost the PA the money for the taxi squad guys and everything. And it's like, well... The owners do bear all everything else. Like, you know, it's like, you know, there is a point where you do have to share some expenses. Yeah, I I wish it wasn't so. But unfortunately, that is the way of the world. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So they did update roster rules. So teams can carry an additional goaltender when their two regulars are not available. Uh, This will be available to teams for the rest of the season, which is good. And uh, Tampa's going to deal with that right away because both Vasilevsky (laughs) and Brian Elliott were put in COVID protocols coming back from Christmas. So uh, that's a yikes for them. Yep. Big yikes. Uh, We'll we'll get to the Flyers' yikes on that front. Although they have a very good Russian goalie. uh, Starts with an A. I don't want to butcher his name, but he's he's good. So he'll get a chance. Uh, There's an emergency cap exemption. uh, So they... Teams can make emergency recalls as long as the the player has a cap hit of under a million. Um, teams will get paid, or those players will get paid their AHL salaries, is my understanding. Yeah. Um, and then on the taxi squad issue, they are going to allow them through the all-star break for now. Teams don't have to use them, but they can put up to six players on it. And there's some complicated rules about the players that, I mean, it matters because it matters who you can call up, but there are specific issues about who cannot be on taxi squads. And it has to do if you were officially on an NHL roster as of December 22nd, um, if you played on the NHL level team for at least 75% of the regular season games. um, And there's some waiver exempt 
you know, exceptions to the rule as well, but taxi squads are back. Yeah, so you can't call up like your whole ECHL team. But, you know, like a team like the Leafs, they have 24 guys out for the Marlies. Like, I don't know if they Mm -hmm. could scrape up six. That's the thing is like, how do you ice an AHL team when you have to call some guys up for your taxi squad now when the AHL squads are decimated? It's rough all around. Like, I know the Leafs won't be playing until um, New Year's Day. Uh, and I won't be shocked to see more teams go that way. But apparently the Red Wings are questioning whether they should bring up players from Grand Rapids because they know they are going to decimate that team because they're going to go back there and then they're going to have a problem. And they don't necessarily want to do that. They're the first team that I think has put great thought into that, at least publicly. Yeah, I will be interested to see how this continues to work with the Flyers, who did give us some updates yesterday at practice time on their COVID list. So we knew that Couturier and Ellis, who doesn't matter because he's hurt. Well, he matters. He clearly matters. But for the that was a, of, yeah, that was a little roster, Freudian. That was a Freudian yeah. slip there, folks. <laughs> for the purposes of the <laughs> current roster and games, um, it's less of an issue. But we certainly hope he's doing well they had you know two staffers and couturier was the, was the main issue and then on monday's list we got Derek broussard who was just coming back from his injury carter hart was added to the list and scott lawton was added to the list and now scott lawton this is his second time having covid yeah which is not ideal for him i certainly hope he's doing well as well uh good news though max willman is back off the list so he was at practice on monday so as it currently stands as of monday's practice we have couture brassard hayes ellis hart lawton and frost on the list now they hope to get morgan frost and kevin hayes back today uh, but they still have to clear them via testing morgan frost has to do a cardiac screening as part of being symptomatic Let's stop there for a minute. So there's still a lot of people online, other shows that I do in chat rooms who are just like, you got to soldier on through this. You got to just keep pushing, whatever. But does it not give you pause when you see that player ha- a player has to get a cardiac screening now? Because we know any type of COVID can affect that, even though we keep hearing that, you know, the Omicron is less severe. Doesn't mean it's less severe for you. The next person that gets it. And so I do think we really have to be very careful about this and can't just go willy nilly and just say, yeah, we're going to push through no matter how many players get it, no matter what. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's my understanding that all players who are symptomatic have to do the cardiac screening, which is a good thing. And I'm glad that is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Hayes is asymptomatic, so he's just awaiting a negative test to return. Boy, he's had a year, huh? Yeah. So hopefully the two of them can get on the plane with the team. (laughs) But even if they get on the plane, you don't know what's going to happen when they get off. Like, it's just none of this is certain. The uncertainty here is off the charts for all of these teams. It really is. And if you look at what the Flyers put together at practice in terms of lines, I mean, even Mike Yo was like, yeah, this means nothing. Like, pay, right. pay no attention to what we're doing. I mean, I didn't even know the goalie, the cardboard goalie. I don't even know who that is. Look, gotta love the shooter tutor. Yeah. We had, I think, basically one solid Flyers line, and that's Giroux with Lynn Blom and Atkinson, <laughs> and the rest of them 
We're just kind of like, okay, whatever. You're playing 25 minutes, boys, all of you. Interestingly, you know, the defensive core seems unaffected. I mean, you know, usually... Well, other than other than Ryan Ellis, but yeah. Well, yes, yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I just had to throw that back in. <laughs> oh, I am in such trouble. The, uh, yeah, so the defensive pairings were as per usual. So that's something, I guess, right? Well, yeah. So I guess the assumption based on what Mike was saying after practice is that Kevin Hayes and Morgan Frost would slot in at center if they return. Otherwise, I think, you know, they're probably going to call up some more guys for the taxi squad anyway, because I think only having two skaters available seems a little dicey for a four game stretch. Oh, and yeah, then, you can't you won't survive that way. You're going to be playing short. And then with. Uh, Felix Sandstrom having to be a backup goaltender for Jones, you know, I think they're going to need to have a third goaltender with them. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Which that is a giant question mark on who that could be. I mean, it it seems like it would have to be Ustamenko given contract status. Yeah. Because Nagel does not have an NHL contract. No. You know, again, the big question I have is like Lena Sandin. Why am I not hearing his name? He is a pro. He's older than most of these players. He's played, you know, overseas professionally. He's gotten used to North America to some degree. Why would I not be using him? I don't get it. Well, I think the issue for him could be that he's only had two games back um, since his injury where he got uh, hit in the face and had to Mm -hmm. have reconstructive surgery so he's he's played two phantoms games Mm -hmm. uh, since that injury and it could be that they would add him to the taxi squad but they just haven't decided yet or they don't know his testing and couldn't talk about it yet okay i mean there's any number of reasons but to me i think i'd like to hear his name called at some point that's all yeah well and the same goes for connor bunneman that it seemed really odd for his name to not be on the list either there's a lot going on here well, we'll see if anything changes in the meantime. But again, like we've been saying, everything is kind of up in the air and we'll do our best to keep y'all informed and, you know, analyze these games the best we can, given what we know when we know it. Uh, so I think betting on the NHL right now is kind of a crapshoot, but there's so many other sports you can bet on. And the place to go for that is bet online. They have you covered all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs are around the corner. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of 2021 and into 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Flyers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Switching gears into World Juniors, uh, we got our 
first day of action with our Flyers prospects, so that's good to see. And uh, in the meantime, there's a little bit of news about the tournament. Because they're not doing any relegation for the second straight year due to everything and not being able to hold some of the lower division tournaments, uh, Belarus, which won the you know, the secondary division, so it's division one earlier this year, they're going to promote them next year, but they're not going to relegate anybody. So they're going to have an 11 team tournament next year in Russia. Yeah, the scheduling is going to be interesting, but it's going to be like a battle royal. I'm, I'm all for it. More teams, the merrier. Exactly. So on day one of action, uh, we got some, I think, fun highlights from our prospects. Emil Andre scored in Sweden's 4-3 win over Russia. It was a 5-on-3 power play goal, but it was a great shot. It, it was, actually. Um, what the thing about Andre was, um, I, I believe it was Simone Edvinson that had the puck, did the crossover with Andre, and then gave him the puck, and he was able to just put up a quick wrist shot. Like, he didn't have to wind up. He didn't do it. That wrist shot had more on it than I thought. It was skillfully done. Your goalie doesn't have a chance to set... At really nice goal, and really, Andre's added, and it's Andre now, I think. They're, they're now, just because I started pronouncing it one way, of course, it's another way now. They always do this. Every World Juniors, at least five guys are pronouncing their names differently. But anyhow, back to the action. His skating is, is even so much better from a year ago, and his puck rushing, puck movement is so good that he's really become a nice player. Uh, I think it's interesting where you know you you get fans now are saying hey could he run the flyers power play uh that's an interesting thing for me because i would say a year ago they would be like no 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 cam york's the guy we're not even thinking about anybody else even though zamula was great on the power play too in the world juniors but zamula probably won't get that power play shot uh he you know andre now might might have moved ahead of york as being a better power play guy and so that's something where over time that could be an interesting thing. Yeah, I have to say he had a pretty solid game overall. I really did. also appreciated his puck battles in the corners on the in the defensive end. I thought he did a really good job coming away with the puck more often than not and making sure there was a play to clear the puck out of the zone mm-hmm. for Sweden. Because I think, you know, there was a short time in that game where it felt like Russia was getting back into it. And Sweden eventually kind of shut him down. Like the four to three score, I think doesn't really reflect. I think, I think how much better Sweden played than Russia overall in the I game. Agree. But but I thought that Emil just did a really good job of settling the team down and just doing some real solid defensive work. Yeah, and now I I think our listeners can see why I didn't pick Russia to medal. They're a hot mess. Their defense stinks. The guys that they didn't bring. And I didn't even mention Evgeny Kuznetsov the other day, guy who plays in the NCAA. Uh, I think he's still at Connecticut at UConn. Um, you know, no defense. They basically just decided they're going to just play wide open hockey. You know, Michkov gets hot. That's great. But Sergei Zubov has done nothing with this team. Like, and I don't know if he had time to do anything with this team. They, they were supposed to have another coach. They asked him at the last minute. They put Zubov in because he speaks better English. Like, really, is this a reason now why somebody, you know, that's their phony baloney reason. And so then you get Zubov in there and you tell me, did that team not look confused for at least half of that game? 
hundred percent. They just could not put a string of plays together. They could Nothing. not move through the neutral zone with any level of effectiveness. You know, it just felt like that team was like one guy and the goalie for most of yeah, it. It did. It did. So we don't have any prospects, obviously, on Team USA or Slovakia, but they did win a three to two in that game. I thought, you know, this is pretty typical, I think, for Team USA and World Juniors, where they win in their first game, but they don't look great throughout that game. Yeah, they they look good up to a point. I felt like they looked better than they had. The defense played better. Their um their shot blocking was better. Uh, Kamesa was good. He's never going to be great in my estimation, but he made two big saves um, when they were up, when they were up three one. You just can't ask him to make four or five big saves in a game. I think that's the key. So I think they did the right thing with that. Look, they took their foot off the gas, but they sort of did that last year too. And the only reason I'm giving them a pass is because they have the same coach and a lot of the same returning players. So based on that, that game didn't worry me at all. Yeah, I think they're in good shape moving forward. I think this is just typical for them to have a little bit of rustiness in that first game, but then they kind of pick things up as they go along. I did think Slovakia looked much better than anticipated as well. And I am looking forward to seeing what they do against some other teams. Yes, uh, Slovakia does have um, some decent puck movement. They have some players that can play. I, I mean, I look at them and I say, yeah, they could they could definitely win a game. They could definitely upset uh, a team. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that was one where Team USA did what they needed to do. Um, Slatkovsky is a guy who's um, going to be a, uh, a top 10 pick for Slovakia. So we'll see if we uh, start to see him, you know, really come alive. Uh, Brian Zanetti and Team Switzerland are playing while we were recording this episode. So we'll get to him and Switzerland in uh, later episodes talking about World Juniors. But let's talk about Elliot Denoyer and Team Canada, who defeated Czechia 6-3 to in that game. And Canada, again, I think similar to Team USA, was looking a little shaky at the beginning. Uh, Czechia did have a lead there for a while, but Canada then eventually just takes over and we're basically playing keep away for a good portion of the second half of that game. Well, I think they were able to do that only because of Eurocheck being out. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure that that hit from Will Cully was, was actually uh, legit, but they didn't call a penalty on either guy. So I guess it was just one of those unfortunate things. But Eurocheck was a big deal for them. Him and Sposo, like that's a really... Those are tremendous defensemen. You saw early in that game what they were able to do, and that did help to change the game. And then, of course, they were mad that Juracek was out, and then Czechia got a little carried away. But a couple things. I think I did a good job picking them as like a surprise team for people to watch and a fun team. You have to admit, they were fun. Like they oh, had yeah. Canada, They had Canada on the ropes. What I didn't account for and I thought was great fun, their goal song is amazing. I may make that my ringtone on my phone. I just love it. Well, we did talk about that as one of our favorite things about the tournament is uh, the goal songs. So Yeah, and, this, and they, they may have the best. But um, Canada did what they needed to do. Owen Power showed everybody why he was the first overall pick. I can't tell you how many people last year were telling me things that were trying to change my mind about Owen Power. Like, hey, uh, he's not that great a skater. Or, hey, he, he wasn't aggressive enough. Uh, when they were watching him play. And I'm like, listen, this guy can control a game 
when he, when he wants to and when he gets better. And he clearly did control that game. Uh, but I do feel in the back of my mind, if Czechia didn't have that really bad penalty um, on McTavish, this game would have been a lot closer for a lot longer. But it, it wasn't. And I think Canada does have some problems, though. I think their defense isn't as good without Brent Clark. I don't think they have the puck movement from their defensemen that they that other teams do. Uh, McTavish is the best center in the tournament. Uh, he's definitely proving that. And they have, you know, a ton of talent. But I don't know if they're a great team yet. I am still going to question that. Yeah, I will say, though, with Owen Power that no question he's tremendously talented, but he has a lot of work to do on his defensive game. And yes. there was a lot of times where he got burned out there. You know, It is something he needs to work on. I, like I said, I don't doubt that he can fix those things. I just think he's just not there yet. No, I, I'm with you. I did an article uh, for Sportsology about Owen Power and Jake Sanderson. Like, this was a whole thing that was sparked on Twitter. I said, yeah, let me dig into this. And I think it will surprise some people if they check it out. But like Sanderson right now is the better defender. That's why I said he's the best defenseman in the tournament. Power's got all this ability, though. You could see it. Now, for the people that think Owen Power is like Chris Pronger, Chris Pronger wishes he had a one-timer like that. All right. So getting to Elliot Denoyer's play, he got just over 10 minutes of ice time in that game. And, you know, I, I don't think he stood out at all. Um, but that being said, I don't think he stood out in a negative way either. Well, I did see him um, do a good job with puck possession and keeping some guys pinned on the boards. And that's an important thing if you call that a fourth line, which I think it is, because once you have Will Cully on it, I think it's a fourth line. Um, so I think that he did play that role. You are never going to get the offense that you're going to hope to get out of him on that line with those players. I mean, I know Ridley Gregg, um, Mark's son, scored uh, early on. He's a really good player, but Denoye is a better offensive player. And I would switch those two, but they're not going to. Um, as I also predicted on a previous show, Connor Bedard is now like a second-line guy on that team. <laughs> it didn't take long. Like, this is just, can Canada just get away with, stop making these these wonder kids have to really, like, show it off before they're willing to give him a spot in the lineup. It's like they had to make him the 13th forward again. Did they really have to do that? Like, to me, that just makes me laugh. But an unfortunate thing did happen, um, an injury to Dylan Gunther, and he did hit a post in that game. If he doesn't play, that does keep Denoye in there because I have a feeling with Bedard moving in that maybe Denoye might get pushed out. But if Gunther can't play, which we don't know yet, but if he can't, That'll keep Denoye in the lineup, and hopefully he at least gets a few moments. But he's not going to be able to be the player he he could be under those circumstances. I agree with you there. I think he just needs the time, and he needs the right slot. He does. And it's going to be a question throughout this tournament because Canada also has a tendency to overcompensate for mistakes and make rash decisions. Like in goal? Yes. You know. Like they're already starting. It's just. Mm -hmm. it, and so I, I just hope that Elliot doesn't get the short end of the stick in all of this, you know, overthinking that Canada does. Me too. Yeah. The goal. And, and by the way, the goaltending is not set by a, a long shot either. Just because Garan played that game doesn't mean he's playing the rest of the tournament. Like it's just, you don't know what Canada is going to do because Canada doesn't know what they're going to do. 
So it's the one, I think, weakness that they have is they just tend to overthink things and doubt themselves. And that's where Team USA can squeak in there and and get wins. All right, so we are going to do a quick check-in with our friends in Lehigh Valley. And, you know, we talked about it in the first segment a lot with this new taxi squad thing and the AHL also being decimated by guys being out for COVID around the league. And it showed in the, the week before Christmas where, you know, the Phantoms only got to play one game, which was a makeup game in and of itself against Hershey they did win that game two to one which is nice uh also like I said uh, Lena Sandine actually looked pretty good in that game um he had had limited minutes in his first game back but played more of a, a full game in this one against Hershey and man I it's just so rough trying to figure this team out now with all of this uncertainty and all these these changes that being said they have a five game point streak now which would not have said that a few weeks ago no so they are right in the ship to some degree that's good and i'm happy to see sandine in there like i said previously i want him to get a chance maybe it won't be on this road trip maybe it'll be when they return if they go on the road trip i'm still just saying it i don't care but at any rate i hope at some point that we do get to see him with the Flyers. Yeah. And in this game, I think one of the things that we've been talking about again is Connor Bonneman. Now he did have this knee on knee collision during the game, but he did come back as well. And he scored an unreal goal in the game. He's been on fire. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. understand. I mean, he's he's got a three game point streak going. He's their best player right now. Like he is lately. And again, we don't see his name on the list. And I just, is this coaching favoritism? Is this Chuck getting involved saying I want him to get uh, more time down there because the last time he was up, he didn't prove enough to me. I don't know what it is, but I don't know why you wouldn't bring up the guy who's actually producing the most and could help your fourth line. No, I think between him and Pat Nagel, like the two of them are carrying this team. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which are also is a sentence I would not have imagined saying at the beginning of this season. Or ever. Or ever, for that matter. Yeah. But, yeah, the the only other thing that I thought was of note is that German Rupsov was a healthy scratch in that game. And when everything going on with COVID and so many guys are out, you still have room for healthy scratches and German Rupsov is one of them. That is of concern. It's a concern for me. At this point... Maybe trade him at the deadline. If it's just not working out, give him a fresh start. Maybe a fresh start is what he needs. He is a guy that has talent. He has trouble. He's had trouble staying healthy. But if it's going to get to the point where he's not going to play, then then go and get something for him. Because otherwise, it's just going to be a wasted asset in the end. Yeah, it's not a terrible idea to trade him and you know maybe try and get a draft pick in return. Yeah. Like a low-level draft pick and, yeah. and let him get a fresh start. Again, if if you're just going to sit him, I just can't see the point of having him stay around with, with the team. No. All right. So we do have a couple of games on the schedule for this week. Again, TBD, whether or not they get played. But right now they're scheduled to play on Wednesday against Cleveland and Friday at Utica. Uh, stay tuned to see if that actually happens. 
Uh, wrapping up with our flyers fun thing, uh, you know, it's not just Gritty that gets in on the fun, you know, holiday social media action. Melvin does too. And so the fandoms put together a very cute, little, very Melvin Christmas video, and it's very sweet. So highly recommend you watch. Now, do they spell the name like that because of the Lehigh Valley part? They do. Is that... There's an L. Okay. The LV of the Melvin LV. is always capitalized. I think Phantoms games are fun. Melvin's cool. Melvin is very cool, and I like it when Melvin and Gritty get together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if they like each other. I mean, just because they work in the same company doesn't mean they like each other. I mean, honestly, it could be like The Office. It, it really could be. We don't know. Behind the scenes. That would be... Oh, God. Now I'm thinking about them doing, like, those little, like, looking at the camera shots. Like, they do Yeah, well, like, who office. would... It would be great. Like, who would... I would think that Gritty would be Dwight and Melvin would be Jim. Like, that's what I would think. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is 100% correct. So, there's a skit for you. Go go run with it. All right. That'll do it for today's show. Um, we're playing things by ear this week. So <laughs> we hope to have an episode tomorrow talking about the Kraken game, but we don't know if that's taking place. We will have a mailbag, though. So send us your questions and we will get to them either tomorrow or the day after depending on when we get a next episode in based on the schedule you can send in your questions via twitter at locked on flyers or you can email the show at locked on flyers at gmail.com if you follow us on twitter we will be definitely be posting about the latest on our episodes relative to how the games play out i am rachel i am on twitter at r miriam that's r M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.